0: Welcome to Sad Styles Productions. Let me run you through our daily specials. On Tuesday, relive your childhood gaming memories on the Retrograde Podcast. On Thursday, the Jackass crew relives the pain and glory of the TV show Jackass. Also, on Thursday, Mikey and Brian let you in on all the secrets of sports marketing on the Sign Off, a Framework Podcast. On Fridays, losing money with Andrew Baskin helps satisfy your 20-minute sports gambling fix. Keep your hands inside the car at all times. Enjoy the ride.
1: Get into it. Coming up...
0: A sad styles production. Hello and welcome. My name is Mikey Aaronworth, signing on to the sign off of Frameworth podcast for yet another week. And I am joined in studio by the one, the only, the fan favorite of this podcast. It's Brian Aaronworth, president of Frameworth Sports Marketing, with a big roll of the eyes
1: that if you didn't see on YouTube, you probably heard on your microphone somehow. Brian. Dad yeah. how are you well, doing today I'm I'm just great but you know what whenever I'm talking to anybody about our podcast it's uh-huh. always like boy does Mikey ever do a great job <laughs> like what am I <laughs> chop liver here So yeah, no, I don't think I'm the big star of the show. But anyways, I um, thought you were going to say all your friends
0: are like, he's got to tone down the introductions a little bit. I don't know (laughs) one one or the other one or the other. Um, uh, So I'm actually really uh, I I know I say this at the beginning of just about every episode, but maybe this just speaks to the fact that I am in general fairly excited about recording this podcast week after week. This year, uh, this week is something that we've kind of missed. I'm surprised we didn't do this in an earlier episode, but we had a lot of People reach out, and uh, you know, fascinated by the whole idea of a uh, a player signing. We talked about it in some of our past episodes. You know, what what goes into a player signing? You know, we don't just get uh, a stork. Coming through, sending us a a package of signed products. We have to put a lot of planning into this, and we also have to build relationships, send employees, package product. The whole uh, uh, idea of how we get a signing going is is much more complicated, I think, than people realize. Especially if you've if you've uh, familiarized yourself with some public signings. You know, you've been to uh, an autograph show or something along those lines and you see how the line moves. It's a very different process when you're doing it privately. And I want to kind of talk us through what that process looks like, uh, uh, dad, you've been involved in these signings from the very beginning and they've evolved the the whole process has sort of evolved from, from a very early go of, of sort of makeshift ways to just get as much product signed as possible at, at, you know, making it easy for the, the, uh, the, the athletes as well. Um, and we've gotten a lot better and more efficient with it. Um, but why don't you start us off dad and, and talk about what goes into a signing with an, with an athlete
1: from, from start to finish? Well, you know, just the basic stuff is when an athlete does a signing, um, obviously this isn't where they want to spend their free time. Uh, They want to, they want to get finished practice. They want to go home. They want to have their afternoon nap or whatever they're doing. So our, our goal is to get in and out, uh, as quickly as possible, as efficiently as possible, as well as, maintaining the quality of the product. Right. So we don't want to rush it to the point where we're getting sloppy signatures and and even then you're going to get some messed up ones. So you really have to, again, we've evolved over the years where we know what to put in front of the player to keep them moving uh, while giving us enough time to get the next batch of products ready to go um, from pucks to photos to canvases
0: to whatever. Right. So when you're thinking about a signing you know obviously there's the in the room component and I think that's what most people are, are curious about you know what happens behind closed doors at a private signing everything at a uh, in a public event is a lot more showy it's a lot more customer focused um, but I'm sure that there are I know for a fact there are many differences and that's kind of what we want to l- lend itself to now uh, before we get into that though I do want to talk about the early goings what goes into planning for a signing we, we can't just show up right and be like, "Oh, I guess we'll get a bunch of jerseys done." Sometimes we plan for these signings months in advance. And but, it's it's not just a matter of arranging airfare and, and this and that. It's about it's about product selection and I, I want I want some of your insight on uh, on on what
1: goes through your mind when you think about setting up a signing in the first place. Well, signings have evolved quite uh, drastically over the years because um, back in the early days it was basically signed pucks signed 8 by 10 signed 16 by 20s right and maybe the odd piece and signed jerseys of course um, since then you know we we have realized and so we stuck to a lot of that because that was mainstream collectibles that people were always buying and used to um, what we've done because of our NHL license it makes us unique to many of the uh, people uh, uh, our competitors in the marketplace is that we have NHL licensing which right. allows us to do different things which we you know were skeptical at the beginning will it sell won't it sell because don't forget we're we're getting these things signed up front and have no idea whether they'll sell or not right and so if we invest in all these autographs uh, then and the product doesn't sell so from time to time we'll do different things but over the years we've we've managed to create new markets with products that we have developed like canvases which you'll see behind me and and they've been big success because it's a nice vibrant piece of wall decor but also a valuable piece of of memorabilia and 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 it brings back and we can collect moments in time etc similar to what we've done with photos and now, do you, do you find
0: that since you've started out, uh, you know, arranging signings and things like that, that your level of stress has kind of decreased, uh, mainly because, you know, as you because mentioned- Because
1: I don't do as many of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair too. Uh, but you talk about product selection and, and, and making a commitment to items that you're not positive if they'll sell, right? Like that is something you have to be concerned about. Um, nowadays that we have more of an established product line- do you feel more comfortable in the fact that, you know, say there's a a $10,000 guarantee. Guarantee, if you're not aware, would be essentially saying, we'll get you in the room, we'll get as many things signed as we can. 10,000 would be a lot in a a private signing, uh, but sometimes they get much higher than that, depending on how much time you have with the player and how much- uh, And who the player is. And who the player is. Um, But knowing that you can at least cover off a certain amount of that with fairly standard products. Do you feel more comfortable with that that way, knowing kind of what generally will sell? Do you have any idea in mind of this much is going to be set aside for uh, more traditional product and we're going to set aside X amount for something more experimental?
1: Yeah. Um, first of all, you know, if anything that COVID's done po- uh, positively is it's kind of given us a better feel of where where we're moving product to, sure. So the standard products in the line are typically pucks, photos, and and uh, now canvases and jerseys. We know that you know certain certain items like that are going to sell X amount. But you're right, absolutely right. We will take a chance on some things that are a little bit, you know, different. Funko Pops, yes. um, Sign boxes of Funko Pops.
0: Funko Pops, uh, if you're unaware, are essentially those small vinyl figures, the little kind of cartoonish action figures, which have kind of supplanted McFarlane figures in terms of things that people want in the industry these days. Right,
1: and and we never really thought about that until I started seeing what some of these things were getting on, uh, you know, from, uh, you know, odd signings here and there. Um, and I, who's collecting this and what, what makes that work. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, do we take it out of the box and get it signed? No, yeah. no, you got to do it on a pristine box and yep. they don't open the box. and So learning about what works. So Funko Pops were one. Well,
0: it's funny. Can I, can I just add on to that story? I mean, you talk about our... Uh, dealings with Funko Pops in general. Now, Funko Pops are in themselves collectibles. Some people will try really hard to get a specific edition of Funko Pop, whether it's, you know, in in different years, they will have, uh, sometimes it's like, you know, Crosby in a home jersey or an away jersey or a special edition or this and that. So collectors, before we ever get to them, are already trying to find these things. So we've had situations where we have a signing with Sidney Crosby, for example, coming up and we can't find the Funko Pops in the marketplace to get signed because collectors have already bought them. So we've had to do things like go retail to somewhere like Target from the United States and have them shipped over. And then that whole idea shipped over to us in Canada then that whole idea of the boxes being pristine is an issue because right. any damage in shipping, when you're shipping a box full of fragile boxes inside of it, uh, you've got a whole other issue of some being damaged and therefore unusable. Uh, and the reasons for return from us are not something that Target is going to want to hear. The right. box is a little damaged, we don't care. I mean, to us, that's a big deal. To them, it's it's just a yeah, little toy. Yeah. So each new market and endeavor comes with it its own element of of issues and, uh, and nuance that... You know, we, as the people selling it, hadn't realized even prior to to enacting that.
1: Right. And so we also kind of look at other items that are collectible without an autograph and see if they'll work. For instance, we we have a great relationship with Tim Hortons. We did the mini stick program for right. two years straight. Hopefully another one might be coming up. We never know. Uh, and so then the big question was, should we get these mini sticks in the little lockers that they sold? I think they were like 5.99 or something. I believe so, something, yeah. These something. These would be like, the
0: superstar sticks you would have seen commercials for them in, in right. every hockey game past two years.
1: Would they sell as a signed item? So we had some of those signed and they and they're doing quite well. And then we frame up some so we add a little bit more pizzazz to them. Um there's all sorts of new products and um in uh towards the end of this month we will be launching November 1st at the latest, a whole brand new uh, line of products that we've never had before. Right. And and now part and parcel to what we're talking about is preparing those products. I postponed a signing with Mitch Marner because he wanted to kind of get one done before the season started. Sure. So he doesn't interfere with too much, you know, their schedule is pretty busy once the season starts, but we didn't have our specialty products ready and we always like some fresh new images, et cetera. So, we had to kind of plan order so all of that going back to your original question is the planning for this stuff new products what percentage is the standard products what percentage you're going to add to the line which products might work and we're constantly getting our team to look uh, look for new ideas and different ways to market we got some great new Sydney Crosby product that just missed our last signing right so Sid si- signed last weekend for us and uh, and now I've got a you know a lot of the stuff we save till I'm there personally with them so I can supervise because it's a little trickier. Um, but and going... also
0: getting I'm I'm assuming is, the, is there ever any element of uh, making sure they're okay with the new product? Do you ever run into issues where you try to expand the market a little bit or the, the product line and, and they're yeah
1: I always run things by uh, Sydney or his father to make sure that you know he's okay with the product. But after 20 years of working with him or 20 yeah close 15 20 years of working with Sid um you know I kind of have a feel for what he will and won't want to sign right you know what are
0: what are some of those things do you do you have any examples one
1: sidney is really hesitant to sign any inscriptions that don't involve the team right which is really interesting um the only thing he signs that was a team effort and he'll sign his stanley cup photos but he he doesn't want to sign uh anything that um, that doesn't represent the team. Okay. You Such know, as? Um, you know, MVP or, right. you know, whatever. If, if he didn't, if it's not a team thing. Team inscription. Right. Now, what he did say was if if one day he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, that yeah. was his words, not mine, if one day, when we all know that's he could retire today and be yeah, in the yeah. Hall of Fame. So he said, I'll, I'll probably sign HOF after that um, for Hall of Fame. Because that's an honor, a personal yeah. honor. So if it's if it's a personal honor, it's one thing. If it's it's something that the team did, but he specifically has to sign something, he doesn't really want to sign those things.
0: It's like it's like going to school and, and getting your doctorate and not wanting doctor before your name, right? Like you change from mister to doctor. You know, you right. have the the ability mm, to right. sign HOF. Of course you're right. gonna to wanna to do you're that. that. You're do in that. a league of some very special people. I also think it's important that the players in the Hall of Fame uh, continue to treat it with that sense of of respect. Respect, Yeah, it, it is an institution. And as soon as players maybe start to, you know, turn their nose up at it or say it doesn't really matter, then it loses the allure, right? right. And, and it's good to know that players are still giving it no, that, that respect. No, it's a
1: huge honor, yeah.
0: Now, one thing that I want to talk on quickly uh, about the preparation aspect of it, this may almost be too inside baseball. It may be too specific, but I, I think about this all the time. This was more of an issue pre-COVID. Uh, but you know, a lot of our players don't live in Toronto. A lot of our players don't live in Canada and we have to find ways to typically get to them. I mean, there's the option of waiting for them to come to Toronto and set up a signing, which works very well, but sometimes we need things more urgently. And something that no one ever picks up on is the fact that when you are bringing large amounts of product across the border into the United States, Uh, the paperwork that's involved with that. Now, if if you've never dealt with cross-border shipments on a commercial level, not only does everything need its tariff code and its value and the exact quantities and, and what's in each box, and that's a headache in and of itself, but the value going in is not the same as the value coming out, which changes the customs paperwork as well to the point where like it took us a long time to get good at that paperwork. You can do all the research you want and it is not as easy as simply walking across the border with a box full of photos to sign, then walking back with them, with them out. Right. You know, we didn't bring value in, but we're bringing value out, but it's not a hard good we're bringing out. It's so we've, we've had conversations with the customs broker where this is kind of the first time they've ever dealt with anything like this. Right. Because if you if we go in there and we mine a bunch of gold and bring the gold out, America's gonna say, Well, you're bringing value out of the country. But if someone just signs a product and then comes out, is that the same thing? Well, and
1: you can't take I mean, there are a lot of people, a lot of people in our industry that will just kind of kind of say it's going in, going out, and not fill out the paperwork right. Right. And that's great as long as you can get away with it and they wanna do that. But once you get caught, you're flagged. And we unintentionally yes. one time sent a bunch of jerseys across the border. This is when most of the jerseys were being, this is years ago when most of the jerseys were being created or, or um, manufactured, manufactured in Canada. Yeah. And so things go back and forth and you know, the paperwork says where the origin of the manufacturing, we'd say Canada. Then we had a different Jersey made, um, and we didn't realize at the time that now the the manufacturer I forget who it was CCM or had started to make them in I think Indo- Asia. Indonesia somewhere yeah yeah and so one of the customs people picked up the fact right. that it wasn't a Canadian product right again we had no idea because it just happened um, and we were still buying them from Canada but they weren't manufacturing them in Canada right. so right. now we send it across the border they pick up on it we were flagged. Every shipment. Every Nobody shipment. wanted to cross the border with the shipment yep. because it'd be a two, three hour minimum wait while they checked every product and the paperwork. So once you get flagged, you're done. So we don't play any games. We don't want any hassles. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to get any of the staff members to cross the border. Never mind me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny cause it's, it's the, you know, not that we don't want to make this a podcast about, uh, about customs specifically, but I do find, and, and thanks for everyone who reaches out and lets us know that when we do talk about these, these kind of in, in inside things, really detailed things, people find it fascinating. I mean, it turns out, you know, 99% Invisible is another podcast that does that exclusively and people tend to really like it. But when it comes to dealing with customs and brokerage and everything, they don't really tell you, they don't, they don't write out instructions. They tell you when you get it wrong but they don't really tell you when you're getting it 100% right so all it takes is one misstep like you said and, and you're you're flagged right so, so that
1: so that's a big hassle and you know i used to drive the product down back in the early days when the company was young and and i'd meet with sydney or jonathan taves in chicago uh, any of the malkin in pittsburgh yep. um, god i've driven everywhere or and then when when we hired nick on board he'd drive he didn't mind the drive and yeah. i'd fly in for the sign right but i was always <laughs> and detroit was another good place and and buffalo is a good place to do a sign because you know sydney jokes around he says well there's nothing else to do in Buffalo, so I may as well do the signings there. In Pittsburgh, yeah. he's got lots to do. Yeah, in other yeah. New York City, there's lots to yeah, do. Yeah. In Pittsburgh or in Buffalo, there's really nothing to do. So he loves doing signings, and it's convenient for us because it's only a two-hour dr- trip.
0: I'd like to take a quick second. Um, you know, he's not uh, not not necessarily one to to want to come on the podcast specifically, but uh, Nick is a a very he has a very interesting role within the company, and he's grown into it very very well. And and he basically heads up all of our our signings. You know, right. from, from the product selection, which we've been talking about to making sure the product gets to where it needs to be on time to actually going to the signings which I want to get to in a bit and and facilitating them so he's got good relationships with the players Nick has been with the company for as long as I can remember and uh, uh, he's actually uh, moving to BC soon and I'd love to just pay a little bit of tribute to him for all the hard work he's done for the company and the way in which he helped grow and streamline our signings and turned it into a science whereas before it was more witchcraft
1: right and the fact that uh, you know in the After giving notice about a month and a half ago, he's been so professional all the way along. Uh, You know, he's still answering questions and treating it as if he's going to be here another 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna miss Nick when he's when he's gone, but uh, and we asked him to come on today, but it's not his thing. so which
0: is which is totally understandable. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't want to sit in a room talking to me for 45 minutes either. <laughs> so like I don't know how you put I'm up forced with it. to it. Yeah, you're forced to. hey., um, the, uh, now you, we talked about that though, the way in which the actual process of arranging the signings has improved. Um, can you speak a little bit about what goes on in the room? Not necessarily your role there, but what does a, a, a signing in person look like? when it's on a private level?
1: Well, what we, what Nick and I as a team usually do, um, Nick is maybe, depending on the size of the signing, Nick may take, um, go by himself, if it's a small signing, or take one or two other people. Um, keep in mind that all the product is, is there. So if we're meeting a player at a hotel or yeah. their home, uh, a hotel is different than their home, because at the hotel we can get there in advance, open all the packages, right. sort everything out because it's a bulk shipment. So it's going to come in eight by 10, 16, 20s, pucks in different boxes, et cetera. The player does not want to sit around and watch you yeah. open boxes and get things organized. So if you go to their home, uh, which we have in many cases, we'd say, look, give us 20 minutes to set up and then you can get through it quickly. Otherwise, we start with some pucks and then we got to, by that time. Yeah. Gonna, so. Couple of things that Nick and I do as a team. Um, I'm there primarily to, to shoot the shit with the player, right? Relationship uh, building, yeah. And yeah. and we go. Most of the guys go back a long way. We talk about their families. We talk about what their needs are, what they like, what they don't like, et cetera, um, and keep them kind of preoccupied talking so that the signing obviously goes faster. If they're just sit, in their own mind, they don't sign any quicker. But they just like to. It makes the time go by quicker right, for them. Right, right. It's like anything else. An hour sitting waiting in a waiting room for your doctor is a lot different than watching a show that you really like yeah. on TV. So not to say they really like me talking to them. <laughs> but, um, so we we have a good time. We catch up. And then Nick is in the process of moving things around right. and, and getting things going. And then from time to time while I'm talking to them, Nick is, he he mixes up the product so that the pucks will come first because they can do those on their own. There's a tray of pucks, and then while they're doing that, he can get the eight by tens ready because the eight by tens or sixteen twenties are any flat things. When you say that, you're talking right. photos. Yeah. They have to move them quickly uh, away from the player right. so the player can just keep signing. He doesn't have to lift the photo and move it himself. And then we can layer them so that they don't they don't smudge land one on top of each other and smudge. Right, which is really important because inevitably. The ink doesn't dry for a few seconds, right. and then you got problems with smudging. And you know it's not the player's fault; it's our fault. So you got to be careful with that.
0: It's it's funny, you know. I can I can speak to that because I've I've worked those signings as well uh, in in a similar fashion to Nick, and it's uh, it it is a lot more of a mental and believe it or not physical process, depending on how many people you have there. You're constantly thinking, okay, if I put a box of pox in front of him, that buys me five to ten minutes to set up the next thing and whether that's going to be canvases well no there's canvases on the floor already so while he's doing the pucks I'll roll up the canvases and that'll that'll leave leave me more space there but then I don't get to open the canvases so I'll give him photos and I don't need as much space for that and then while those are being picked up I'll put another box in there like there's all this and you're moving around like I've I've literally started sweating because you're moving around so much trying to orchestrate everything. You
1: were sweating in Chicago big time, but that's a whole other story.
0: Hang tight. That's a great story. Um, um, But I remember at points sometimes, especially early on, actually being a bit resentful towards the way that you would be in those signings because I didn't understand how important the relationship element was and, and making sure that they keep occupied. I just saw you... Leaning back in your chair, talking to them. Hey, how's the family? How's this and that? And I'm literally running around trying to like, you know, <laughs> pretend like I'm a human being, not a robot. I'll say something, but inevitably, it's me just like panting, like, "Yeah, that was a great game," and then running and <laughs> going exactly and doing something else. Uh, but I understand now that I'm I'm a bit more far removed from it. Uh, how I'll do a little that bit. Well, and is.
1: don't keep in mind in the early days. I w- and, and we'll get into it. The first signing I did with Sydney up in Ramuski. It was me with all the product. Right. And And I hadn't really done any signings of that caliber before. So it was like, it was tricky. And I'm by myself. So So to pull on that thread a little bit more, you mentioned,
0: you know, keeping the players preoccupied. What is the general demeanor of a player in a signing? We get asked this quite often. I mean, they have to be a certain way in a public signing, they have to be a little bit more energetic and talk to people and this and that and I know that every player is different, but for the most part, do you find that they're pretty relaxed? They want to talk. They don't want to talk. They want to listen to music. They're distracted. They want the TV on. What, what do you find is the most common state of being? For That's a, a really
1: good question because every player obviously is different. Right. Um, some of them just, just hate doing signings. Just want to get through it. But for the most part, and I would say this more about hockey players are great. Yeah. at their signings. Yeah. You know, it was part of the culture. Um, I remember the first time uh I saw Pat Kane and I think I've told his story was at the awards oh, dinner. Right. Yeah. Um, and Sydney had just won the awards and, and Pat Brisson brought Pat Kane in. I thought he's he's like fifteen years old, he's a young kid. And he had a card that he wanted Sydney to sign. That's Pat Kane asking Sydney to sign a card. Yeah. Right? Because he collected. Yeah. He's fifteen years of course. old. Now years later fast forward and the tables turned and now it starts getting harder and harder to get pat to you know sit down and sign sure. cuz he's you know it's they don't want to give up their time to do that they don't most players don't need the money they don't care right. that much but it's part of the culture and so at the beginning they want that they're looking for that first autograph deal. yeah, yeah. And then after time, they go, oh shit, not another autograph. That's
0: such a good point. And and it's it's important to stress that that's not because they become jaded necessarily. Uh, In fact, I think it's kind of the opposite. I think it would be very easy for a player to say, I don't want to do a signing. I'm making millions of dollars in my contract. Just keep me out of it. But you mentioned the culture and the culture is such that These autographs need to be available. They remember being kids that wanted autographs and they do it. It sounds weird, but they, a lot of players kind of do it out of a sense of duty to the fans. They do it because the fans want it and expect it and they don't do it resentfully. They just know it's part of being who they are. It's part of, it's part of uh, being an idol and being idolized and having kids, you know, being that 15 year old kid who's asking them to sign a hockey card they've been there
1: well keep in mind for 15 year old kids they are typically not in the uh, collectible business right, where they're right, buying it right so, so that so the players especially hockey players are always available to sign when they see of kids, course yeah. as long as you're being respectful um, you know our business is more about the true collector that you know wants a value wants to pay wants to know that it's it's properly uh, authenticated et cetera. We keep saying that and that's the way it is. Yeah. When I talk about, you talk about the different players and the demeanor though. Yeah. um, And I stress that hockey players, I've had a couple of basketball players that I just, I shake my head because I was doing mostly hockey. And then we did a couple of uh, deals with some Raptors and some other players. And I I would say, and I'm not going to mention any names, but, like one in particular was just ignorant, yeah. Just ignorant. Just came in, hardly acknowledged us. Had headphones in, was looking at his phone. Um, you know, they only have to spend an hour doing yeah, this yeah. or yeah. or less. Um, we're paying. We were paying really good money, and it was just like, like I just was so disappointed that the guy was so disrespectful, right? Um, and not even acknowledging. It was like. Hard pressed to shake hands on the way out the yeah, door. Yeah, so that's the worst case scenario. Sure. But very rarely does that happen. Most of the time, the guys are great, unless you screw up, which is why. And I've heard st- horror stories from from competitors, smaller guys, yeah. or, or other guys where things go wrong at the yes. signing, and the player is just livid to the point where they're ready to walk out. The stuff isn't organized. They're waiting for things to come in front of them. They're spending. Twice the time at a recent signing we just did, um, one of the uh, same guy did signing for both companies and uh, literally was livid that that he spent uh, probably double the time doing half the stuff that he did at our place and said well, I'm not going back there. Yeah, it's
0: um, now now I I'd love to get into that conversation a little bit. You know we've we've tried to get this down to a science as much as we can uh, and. Uh for a large degree we've done that. I think we've we've made signings. We've streamlined them to a point where it's almost an assembly line. It's almost it's almost cut and paste in in some senses. We've gotten fairly good at it. But every so often something goes wrong. Do you have any stories about uh things in a signing that gone wrong? Maybe the player didn't, you know, up and leave on you but but things that definitely couldn't could
1: have gone a little bit more smooth. Just Basically, the one that you and your brother did was the worst one, <laughs> but that had nothing to do with the player. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, no, I don't think. I mean, we we've gotten better over the years. I don't think there's anything that went horribly wrong. Well, there I was mean, one
0: one thing that I know. Uh, you know, you talk about uh, me and my brother and signing that we did, uh, which you were at, and 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 everyone involved was a little bit uh, culpable at that one. We'll we'll get. We keep teasing that story. We'll get to it. But there was with the same player earlier one of the first signings before the all-star game involving a paint pen do you remember this story I, I, I
1: vaguely yeah vaguely? something went wrong with the paint pen well
0: it was it was you've told me this story and it was I believe before one of the all-star games or an awards dinner and we had a signing with Patrick Kane and uh, one thing that you have to do before a signing, oh, you know, right. if you have a uh, uh, jersey numbers, for example, you know, some people like them to be signed in the Stettler and some in the Sharpie and some in a paint pen. And that that is a whole other episode we can get into with the specificity with which people want their products signed, right, colors, right. pens, brands of pen, all that sort of thing. But the paint pens themselves, the deco pens, uh, need to be prepped. You need to break them open, shake them up, get them... Uh, prime uh, them, yeah. Prime them. But once they're primed, those things are... Freaking hand grenades! They'll they'll go off if you if you continue to shake them. And we oh god, do you remember this? Yeah, now I remember. Now you remember this, but it want- wasn't our fault. No, no. Do you want to tell the rest of the story? Do you want to well, take over?
1: so so we're doing a signing with Pat Kane um, in the early days, and these paint pens are very uh, uh, tricky. So we prime them all. So I thought you say we 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 weren't going to prime them or we didn't prepare them properly. Right. We prepared them properly, but what happened was. As we were doing it, we were we were uh, we handed the pen. It was all ready to go, and Pat Kane was signing and signing. He came in in a suit because it was after I don't know. Some, it was before the uh, awards be dinner or something. Something. No, this things. was in Chicago okay. at the thing at in the in the visitors dressing room that they set this thing up. But, but he had to go somewhere and do something afterwards. He just brought a, bought a brand new thousand dollar suit. Yeah, like, this young, So
0: that was a big deal yep. for. him. This would have been like, I think he's one of his first years in the league, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah.
1: And he's he's doing the signings and, and he gets about 10 of these done. Now the paint pens, you got to kind of continually, we usually hand a, a blot of paper so they can tap them down just to keep the ink flowing properly. Right, right. Well, he didn't do that. He shook the pen and it squirted all over his new suit. Yes. Because
0: and- <laughs> when we say paint pen, so if you're watching on YouTube right now, I'll hold it up uh, to the camera. It looks pretty specific. The tip of the pen is covered in ink. You can see that there. It's not supposed to be black. It's actually more of a beige color. But once the ink gets flowing, the last thing you want to do is shake it unless right. the cap's on. You know, you can, you can kind of do that to break it up. But if you do, once it's open, it's... It's all over. Yeah, you like don't shake explodes.
1: the pen once you get it primed. You you tap it on a piece of paper right, and right. get the thing going and smooth out. And then in case it blots, then yeah. you got Well, he had a blot on his pants that you throw the suit away. Yeah. It's not coming out. This is a this is an indelible ink. <laughs> so he <laughs> was he was pretty good about it actually, yeah. considering he just um ruined a, you know, $1000 suit, but he um Here, here's he wasn't the,
0: happy. Here's the thing. Patrick Kane buys a suit Don't care how much he spends on it. Gets some ink on it. He's got to throw it away. That's it. If Kanye West does that, that's now a fashion statement. Now, now everyone's (laughs) going around with with silver ink
1: on their other pants. It's the you probably could have got a lot of for on eBay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sign out of the blood. Who knows? Yeah,
0: I love that story. And I, you know, after having heard that, uh, am so specific and clear every time I hand someone the pen. I'm like, do not shake this once it's been opened. You will. And it's like fair warning. If you do it, you do it. But like, don't. don't. Well,
1: other things that, that have gone wrong that really aren't our fault. Um, one was with an autograph signing. One was so something totally different. But, um, you know, you warn the player. Yeah. And they're so nonchalant until it happens. So, you know, you, you got to worry about ink on tables. Yeah. So we've been to Sydney's house. We've been to oh, the right. players' house. Yeah. And I'd say put this out. Oh, it's okay. It's a, I'm, I'm. I'll be careful. No, let's just put a piece of cardboard case, underneath yeah. because one little ink and it's a brand new table. Yeah. And you know, it's. The, and the other funny story, unrelated to autographs, was um, Sydney bought a home out in Halifax and um, it's on a lake. Uh-huh. So we we worked together. We got a boat for him, and he you know. And I'm a fisherman, and he's just learning. So he says, "Come on out and teach me to fish." And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to teach you to fish and I'm going to get you the equipment to do a, f- a fish fry. Right, right. Because he had right, a right, nice right. big backyard. So I said, I'll set the fish fry. So we'll catch some fish and we'll cook up fish and chips. Yeah. So he set up the, the, the thing out in the backyard and I was going to set it out on the grass. And he said, oh no, just do it by the house here in the patio. And it just had these brand new patio stones oh, no. laid. Oh no. And I said, no, because sometimes the grease overflows and whatever. No, 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 don't worry. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Sure enough, the grease <laughs> overflow. He had to replace three or four of those bricks in the thing. And I felt so bad, but it wasn't my fault. I told him, I warned him. But we, this yeah. is the,
0: listen. If you're if you're a, a young hockey player and you want to come in in Frameworth Stable a roster, just listen to my dad when he tells you he might ruin your shit because <laughs> it might end up happening. It has before, and it might happen again. Um, I similarly there there are a couple two little things before we continue on in this line of questioning, but this line of questioning, like I'm interviewing you. Where were you the night of? Yeah, um, uh, no, it was uh, two things that I remember going wrong. Uh, we, I think this was also uh, uh, a Chicago player, and it was after they had won the cup. It may have been Taves, and uh, or no, I think it was the World Cup of Hockey or something, something along those lines. And we had numbers signed, but we hadn't had these types of numbers signed before. It, it was Patrick Kane and it was number eights. I remember this because a number eight on the jersey, if, if, if you're not aware, when we get jerseys signed, we typically don't bring an entire jersey to them, we just cut the top layer of the numbers, it's easier to transport. We get those signed and then we stitch, we stitch them on stitch the jersey, right after, yeah. much easier to do it that way. However, a number eight, if you're dealing with a new jersey in a different material, sometimes you miss it. He signed an entire stack of I think 25 or 50 numbers on the back side, right? Of the eight, which you can't, it's not you the think they look the of. same.
1: But they weren't because they weren't. these were special numbers that had little perforations yes. or little dots on them. Right. And they had to be signed on the right side. Yes.
0: It was, uh, that was, I remember bringing those back and uh, realizing. We still that. have those. We still, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's always fun. The other one, I think I told this story before I was doing a signing with uh, Yaroslav Halak uh, just before he had left Montreal. However, we did not know this was just before he was going to be leaving Montreal. We didn't realize this was a week before he was leaving Montreal. So we went, we were aware that there were talks that he may not be there for much longer. And we brought, uh, so we brought a bunch of Olympic stuff. I believe he played for the Czech team. Is it possible? Yeah, I think so. And he, uh, so we we had this gorgeous 16 by 20 overhead photo of him making a, what I thought was a toe save. And we put it in front of him and he just kind of leans back in his chair and he says you Really want me to sign this? I was like, Yeah, no, it's of course, it's it's, it's great action, it's shot. great action shot. And he said, The puck's in the back of the net.
1: Why would, <laughs> we didn't realize, <laughs> didn't see the puck there? It wasn't a toe safe. Not the best thing you want to do in front of a no. goalie is show him a shot of him letting a, a, a shot in, yeah. but he
0: was a trooper, he signed them, and uh, and uh, you know, no worse for wear, I suppose, but uh, but but those were some good ones. Um, do you remember your first signing? You know, we talked about all the things that have gone wrong, and I'm sure that the first one wasn't wasn't super clear uh, or, or clean. Do you remember the first time you would have done a, a private signing? Well,
1: I did a few, and, I'm you know, ones that come to mind, so I'm trying to uh, put them in chronological order, but obviously the first signing I did with Mike Weir was before Sidney Crosby because we didn't have Sidney Crosby right. yet. So right. we won the Masters, and I drove down to Ohio because he was playing... In Muirfield right after that, uh, Jack Nicklaus's course. So we did a signing there, which was kind of cool. It was like meeting Mike Weir right after he won the Masters. He was pretty big at the time. But the most memorable signing that I ever did uh, was the first signing that I did with Sydney. I hadn't met his parents. Um, I had done the deal with them through his agent, Pat Brisson. And then we had to do our first signing in Ramouski before he um, joined the NHL. So I said, Well, we wanted to get stuff done because we had a big guarantee in, in even in the when he was playing in the queue. So right. I find a game that he's playing at home and I fly to Montreal. And I don't know what the timing is. I you know didn't even check MapQuest. I said, oh, how far is that Map from Montreal? MapQuest,
0: because lo- it would have been MapQuest back then, right? right? It's not Waze at that point. No, yeah.
1: and I look at it and I say, well, how far is it from uh, Montreal to Ramuski? Because I got to drive, or Quebec City, I forget which one it was, whatever was closer, I think it was Quebec City. And I had to drive the rest of the way by renting a car. And I got yeah. all this stuff in suitcases yeah. and whatever that I got to lug on the plane then get into the car and drive. And their home game started at, I don't know, 7 o'clock at night. And I land in Quebec City at, say, (laughs) 5. It's a blizzard. And I got to drive the rest of the way to Rimouski up St. Lawrence, which is right on the – so the wind and everything coming. I made it up there just before the game. I was staying overnight, so we're going to do the signing the next day. And I have to meet Troy and Trina, who who will be on the show at some point, his, his mom and dad. Um, and it was a game that was a horrific game. Uh Sydney was just getting molested by the other team yeah. and, and the teammates, the refs weren't doing anything about it. You know, people's, you know, he gets this bad reputation, uh, about, you know, different things and he's so tough Yeah, and he's out there defending his own battles at 15, 16 years old. Guys are taking runs at him to make names for yeah, themselves. Yeah. And I look down, I've got these seats at some, and I look down and I kind of recognize down the end of the aisle, because I still hadn't met his mom and dad. And I look down and I see his dad is not happy. Like he is like, what the hell is going yeah. on? Like, where's the teammates? Where's the refs? Like, they're going to, you know, go leave, For sure. For leave sure. my son out there. They still got to make the NHL. I don't want him injured before yeah. that. So, um, and Sydney's fighting all his own battles. So first intermission comes the first end of the first period i walk down and say hey it's you know i'm brian from frameworth and and i look at troy he was just trying to be as nice as he could be yeah but he was obviously really pissed yeah um that that this game was going south and and all that stuff then then i go down with them afterwards to meet sydney in the dressing room and all the tsn reporters are there and I think Troy at the time had said something like, he just, um, you know what, if this is the way it's going to go, then we got to reconsider things. I forget the exact yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Like yeah. he was really pissed, yep. and rightly so, because I saw the game and I'm saying, this is this is not good. I'm worried. I, mean, right. I got this. Yeah. So by the time we hit the hotel, it was all over TSN that they might pull him from the league. Oh, yeah. Da, 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 yeah, yeah. Da, 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 da. It was blown way out of proportion. Um, but anyways, that was, the, that was my first introduction to Troy and Trina. We laugh about it now. And then, uh, and then the next day I did a signing with Sydney and I had, it was in the hotel with some, I mean, there's only probably one or two hotels sure. in Ramuski, Yeah. So I had it all laid out. And I put it all in neat little piles and I, you know, Sydney, he's a kid, right? So he doesn't really know what's going on with a signing, but so he sits down, doesn't know what he should be doing. And I said, well, you got to sign all this stuff. And Here's the eight by tens and the pucks and whatever we could get done. And he s- just starts to sign. I said, well, a couple of things. I said, first of all, I'm going to tell you up front. I said, how do you know that the thousand pieces that I have in front of you is actually a thousand and not sure, 1200? Sure. And he said, well, I don't. I said, well, you got a few options here because I said, this is one of the tricks of the trade for, you know, unscrupulous competitors is add more pieces than than you're telling the player. Yep. More than likely, they're not going to sign them, the savvy player. or uh, Not going to
0: notice, yeah, yeah.
1: So savvy players do, or they have ways of checking. And I said to him right up front, I said, I've got everything divided into piles of 25. So if you're not going to sit here and count for another 30 minutes after the signing, then take any pile and count them. If there's not 25 pieces in each pile, then you know that, There's something wrong. Yep. Now, the odd thing might happen where you got one more or one less. That's just a mistake in the count because, you know, they're only photographs. They're hard to count. But for the most part, there's not 40 in the pile instead of 25. Yeah. And he respected that, and that's something we still do to this day. The second thing would be um, I said to him just in passing as we were doing the signing, I said, you know, one thing you should probably do is hang on to, you know, I said, "Who owns the equipment?" And he said, "Well, in our deal, uh, I made a special deal. I own my equipment. I own all my sticks. And right. Most most of the teams buy them for this sure. player, and the player then does not have the right to keep them after the game. They'll, you know, they take the yeah, yeah. stick here and the there, but they don't." So, I said, "You should maybe try and collect all your game used. One day, it might be worth a lot more than what it is today." And that was, and, and that was the end of the conversation. Yeah. He said, yeah, okay, I'll think about it, whatever. And he kept signing. Two years, oh God, two years. He makes the NHL. About four years later, I get a call from Dana Hines, who's the um, equipment manager. Equipment manager, and he says, Brian, can you get of the a, of the Penguins? Of yeah, the Penguins. Yeah. He says, Can you get down here with a truck? And I said, Okay, um, we'll send my driver down. What, what What do you need? And he says, Well, I've got those big towel bins filled with stick blades. And equipment, yeah, and all this stuff that Sydney's been saving for all this time. And it was all dated, like he had taken the time to put the date on it. Wow. And whatever. Wow. I said, Are you kidding me? Like that was that one you know 30 second conversation I had, and he and he nothing slipped by him. He collected all that stuff and we went down and picked it up. And now his game use stuff is yeah. going oh, for yeah. ridiculous money. Uh, because there's very limited, you know, he might use two, three helmets a year and, uh, gloves and whatever it is. So he collected all that based on one little conversation I had at the age of 15. That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Nothing, uh, you know, when he's, when he's playing hockey, uh, whether, whether it's, it's pucks or words of wisdom, nothing gets by him. It seems, it no, seems like that's no. safe to say. And you yeah. know, what's
1: really cool too, is that not only did he he give me some of that stuff to, to market, but he's kept a lot of it. So, um, you know, obviously, he's kept the the game-used stick from the gold medal goal for himself, and that'll be in the Hall of Fame or something yeah, one day. Yeah. But our, our, uh, our other sticks from Stanley Cup-winning goals and things like that, so um, he's kept those for himself and yeah. his family
0: and all that. It's great. I mean, you know, who knows? Had you not given that advice, he may not have had some of those collectibles they may have been just kind of taken away or he wouldn't have thought to keep them and i think it's nice you know like like obviously very low comparison but little school projects and stuff when i'm a kid i'm just like i throw it out i don't need that and and you know mom would say no you know hang on to some of it maybe you'll like it and and as an adult now looking back i'm glad i have some of that stuff you know where when you're going through it you may not think it's going to mean anything to you but it turns out it does and for a guy like sid who's got well that's a storied history
1: i i I kept some of my report cards from public school, but now I'm very disappointed that I did that. <laughs> I was gonna say, or can we share some of those on the podcast? Let's see. Let's you and I should
0: start comparing report cards. No, from I high don't want to do that with you. I'll tell you that <laughs> uh, um, high sc- I, I peaked in high school, unfortunately, but not in the way that a jock does. I, I peaked. I peaked in, in grades and intelligence. Uh, it hasn't hasn't gone my way. Um, I, I find all this very fascinating because there's so much more that goes into it from from the time where uh, you know we talk about assigning to the time that it gets into the hands of the class there's so much more that has to to go into it and you know we talked about um uh sometimes you need to go across the border and arrange signings in other cities and things like that and we don't do that quite as often and correct me if I'm wrong but it doesn't seem like that was necessarily a COVID thing I think we just sort of started to taper off the traveling signings as much in favor of catching the players while they're they're coming into to town right well that, it
1: depends because um you know obviously with Sometimes they are only here twice a year, or they generally are. And so, you know, if you're out of product, like right now, we're waiting for a number of different things from various teams. And to wait till sometimes they don't get here till December, we need the product now. Right. So we might wait for them to go to a closer city. They tend to like to sign when they're out of town, Um, they got too many things at home to do, you know, kids or family or friends. So uh, that's one thing. But then, um, when, you know, if they come to town, that's great. It saves us traveling. But on the other hand, we want to be there at the sign. Yes. So sometimes we'll send, if emergency, send some 8 by 10s because that's fairly easy. But yeah. then we'll tend to get a lot of things back smudged.
0: That's the thing. It, it is kind of a risk-reward when you, when you send items out, uh, you know, reasonably. Players don't have the experience of having, you know, either initiated signings and run signings, obviously. So they may not realize how quickly something smudges or or uh, take care of closing the box on the pucks too early or something like that before the ink dries. Uh, and you do get a lot more worse-for-wear signatures. And the way that we work, we don't mix that into our product no, line. No, we, we have to leader.
1: destroy those. So that's not cool because we don't like to go back to the player and say, hey, you owe us 10 more autographs because you smudged these. So we just eat it. Yeah, And, and so... You know that's one of the factors, but the other factor is, is some of this stuff is very awkward for them to sign, like great canvases. big canvases, yeah, um, and some of the and people people
0: s- don't realize because canvases are really light; they're lighter than a frame when the frame is finished. Right. But in order to get the frame, we just sign the photo. A canvas, right. a roll of fifty canvases is like they can get up to twenty five pounds or something like that. Right. If you get if you pack it even bigger, they could probably get up to thirty five pounds, something along those lines, and they they're in these massive rolls that are not easy to work with. And good luck rolling it back up oh, into the. Teams. They always
1: roll in when you get it in, but yes. getting it out and putting it back in the yeah. same package. So yeah. the
0: more the more that we can send people out there to help, the better. Uh, one one last quick thing uh, before we get on to to a final story that I I think we should get into uh, was you mentioned your experience with Sydney and lining up these stacks of photos and saying you can test any one of these, yep, yep. and and you'll you'll be able to confirm that that that's what's in them. I was at a signing once. I won't. I'm not naming, I'm not naming the player. I'm not naming the, the company that was involved in this, but, but, you know, with some of our exclusive players, we would sometimes have um, uh, other companies come in and send a certain amount of product and they'd want to be there to kind of uh, facilitate the signing uh, because, you know, they trust their, their employees to do that for the products that they have. And and sometimes we would say yes, sometimes we would say no. There was a company that we were working with in a signing once and, I was always very careful because I know how easy it is to just flip or or put a couple more photos into the pile. And uh, I was like, how many are in to the representative? How many are in each of those piles? And he said, oh, there are 50 in each of these. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to count one. He's like, oh, you don't have to count them. Like they're, they're 50. And I was like, I was like, okay, I'm just, just to make sure I go on. There's like 56 or something in the first one. And I was like, oh, there's 56 in this one. Um, what about the others? He's like, oh, sorry, that was a mistake. Let me, let me count. So he counts one of the other ones and he's like, yeah, there's 50 in this one. I said, okay, let me count that one. I'm I'm going to double check. And there were like 54 in that one. I'm like, I just called you out on that. And, and yet you're trying to pass this by me. Get rid of all the extra photos in the extra piles. And then we'll put them in front of the guy to sign. Uh, we had plenty to work through. The player wasn't, wasn't being kept, uh, uh busy or was, it wasn't being kept from signing during this time. So he does it again, 50 in this pile, 50 in this pile, 50 in this pile. I say, okay, I'm gonna double check this one, one more time. Count one of the piles, more than 50 in it again. I was like, okay, at this point, I know you're doing this on purpose. I'm gonna count out 50. I'm gonna put them here. You keep the extras, and that's that. It was I couldn't believe I got even
1: a better story. Similar thing happened, but they sent the photos in. Oh and they were pre-signed by another player or two. Okay. And there was supposed to be a hundred photos. Uh, and this is when we were doing signings and sh- you know for other people we don't do that anymore uh, right. for the most part so we get all these photos a hundred supposedly a hundred photos signed by two players wanting a third player on it okay okay I uh I do it and I count the photos and there's a hundred and twenty in there okay so we kept the extra 20. <laughs> And now, what can they say?
0: I, I, what can
1: they say? They say, oh, "Okay, well, wait a second. You know, where's our extra twenty photos? Well, you told us there was a I remember us having a step in between that of
0: going back to them and saying, "Are you sure you only sent us a hundred? Because you know, if you send us more, we're billing you for more." We gave them the chance to take it out, yeah, yeah. and they said no.
1: So, so I, you know, it, we keep our exclusive players now to ourselves. We've got a big enough market that we can move all the autographs. From time to time, we might share a signing with somebody, Yeah, but um, no, I mean, why let your best asset go to other people in a raw form? They can buy at wholesale this framed item or our finished product, but- You know, that that happens from time to time. Yeah, it happens more and more as we develop relationships with the individual
0: collectors as opposed to the people who will then sell them again. And, you know, you mentioned one positive that came out of COVID and that was definitely one of them. We've mentioned this on the podcast before is our relationship with the collectors has gotten a lot stronger. And part of that means we can sell our product direct, as opposed to going through right uh, and it's resellers. A, a
1: upper deck model—you don't really yep. buy raw product from them; you buy it as a finished product, which is part of our early philosophy, right. which is make sure that the product for the, especially the elite players, is represented properly in the presentation. So you get a, 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 you know, a photo, and it looks, you know, it's a signed photo, but then somebody puts a cheap-looking frame around it, and then that. That's out in the marketplace doesn't look that great. That's
0: a great point. And, and I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about why players sign, even though they don't always love signing. And I do think that part of it is because they know that if they don't, then their brand represented by the collectibles out in the marketplace are not going to have a consistent through line in terms of the overall look and feel. If you sign a a deal or you work with only specific companies, it keeps your brand and your imagery that much more consistent i mean you are basically being paid as the player to have a better looking overall brand i mean that's something that usually you pay someone else to do for you right uh in the meantime you know you sit down for 45 minutes to an hour of your time and now all of a sudden you have this uh, just a general aura of of being of a higher echelon of product uh in in the memorabilia market so that that's another so
1: one other aspect of signings that we don't generally get involved with is inscriptions Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because descriptions are sentences, like 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 customer well, specific. Both. Yeah. But basically, um, you know, we've had things where I'll send in something where it's uh, signed by ten other players, and then we've got to get our player who doesn't know how to blot the paint. Pen, right. Right. And then all of a sudden, that piece is ruined, and then we're responsible for the other ten photos. And you can put whatever disclaimer you want, but that's not going to keep the customer happy. Yeah. That's one thing. And then the other thing is we can't control what what's out there. Right. So when we have Sidney Crosby, um, and, you, and he wins the gold medal goal, and he can't, and everybody, you know, there's team signed things. The only people you can get the team signed thing from is FrameWorth. Right. So that's just part of the competitive advantage that we have. But then on the other hand, um, um, inscriptions are something that a lot of players, and this just happened recently, where we had some inscriptions, which which the fans love, yeah. you know, like MVP or whatever it is. And the player um, does about 10 of them and realizes that they can't get paid anywhere near... Enough for the inscriptions because it takes them. They can sign four autographs in right. the time that they say two to Joe best wishes. Right. So a lot of players just don't like doing the inscriptions. Not. I've I've had a situation. I
0: don't know that I want to mention names on this one because uh, the player may not appreciate that. Um, but someone asked a player to sign an inscription that I thought would have been relatively harmless and the player got really upset by what he was asked to inscribe. I
1: you talking Yeah
0: about. yeah I, and there's a reason why I don't want to say it uh but but it was it was very it was it was that's another uh, no, thing he was
1: and I'll even mention it, it Jonathan Taves you're talking it about Jonathan yeah Taves, because yeah. It, it was Captain Sirius and yeah. he doesn't like that moniker right right and he just doesn't want to uh, endorse the monic- moniker um I mean same with Sydney I don't think I mean He's said, "The kid." Right. A lot of people call him that. Even I saw Ovechkin saying, "I'm some phone pass-on thing that they've got going now," and this is a pass-on to Sid the Kid. So they know that's their their nickname. Yeah. And It's not not a big deal, but he didn't like the the, yeah. the thing. He wasn't really upset. He just said, "I don't really want to sign this."
0: Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, but it's 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 playing. It's fine. If and it's yet, there,
1: Jonathan Taves is one of the few players. He's uh, such a class guy. I'm glad you're going after this. after each signing. No matter how many times I tell them, because the players want to get in, get out, do the signing. Thanks very much. After every signing, let me help you pack the stuff up. Yes. I go, no, Jonathan, we got guys here. Get going. Yeah. We appreciate you taking the time. Oh, well, no, I'll help you if you want. And uh, no, no, we don't want you to. Yeah. yeah we yeah, have yeah, to yeah. kick him out of the room because yeah. he's packing things up and. What every a great time, guy! Every and we're so time. excited to see him back on the ice I again after this
0: uh, time. Yeah, keep an eye out in Chicago. Also, you know, one of my favorites, Mark Andre Fleury, on that team as well. Yeah. Like, it's I'm excited to see what Chicago does this year. There's yeah, there's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. a lot. Speaking of Chicago, we've got time for one more story. <laughs> the um, worst signing ever. The worst signing ever. And this is the story we've been teasing. Uh, we're going a little long, but I think this one's worth telling. Uh, you know, I still have so many stories. We could do another one of these. Yeah, like we'll, this
1: is. We'll think of some. Think of some, more, some more specific stories. signings.
0: The the after Chicago won the Stanley Cup, I think this was the first time they won. We went down to Chicago to do a signing in a whirlwind tour. We drove down, we had enough product for Duncan Keith, Jonathan Taves, and Patrick Kane. We were gonna hit them all in the scope of two days, I think. Two yeah. signings in one day, one in the other, and then we were getting out of there. Duncan Keith signing first day, totally fine. Jonathan Taves signing first day, totally fine. Patrick Kane is on the second day, but that means we have a night in Chicago, and Chicago is a very fun city. We start off by going to tradition. Tradition. We go to Gibson Steakhouse. That's that's it. We a do that every time. Nice we go place there. to go. Now I'm a I'm a lowly Canadian boy. You know I'm not used to the drinks. The mixed drinks that are served in the United States. We we measure our drink. If you don't know this in your This isn't even US,
1: a mixed drink. It was this, just...
0: this is a martini. Now, when I order a martini, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm getting two ounces, two and a half ounces, maybe three ounces. Gibson's doesn't do that. It's about six ounces in their martini. I wasn't aware of this. None of us were aware of this. But the night starts off with that. I think we each had two of them, and we continued to well, drink. Oh, you
1: had to wait in the bar for a table. Right. Right. And then um, and and I'm there with you and my other son, Chris, your brother, and yep. we we all have a martini to start with, and then we have another martini, mm-hmm. and then we order a bottle of wine with dinner, and then Dad, the old guy, decides that now it's getting a little late. It's eleven o'clock, and I'm going to bed. Yeah, you. This is when and Chris your and
0: I uh, uh, decided that we were feeling pretty good, and it was still pretty early both single guys, both single guys going out in Chicago. Uh, we hit up a couple bars. We had some fun. Uh, I figured, you know, when you left, it was only like 9 PM, but at that point we'd had two martinis. We've all had a few bottles of wine. We continue going out. Chris and I get back and it's, 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 it's late enough that we should have known better, but I still thought that it's early enough. You know, I get eight hours of sleep, nine hours of sleep. I'm good. Was not good when I woke up in the morning, nor was my brother. It hit us like a ton of bricks and neither of us could put together why we felt the way we felt. And we found out it was because of Gibson's martinis as a pre-drink. That's not not the way you want to start it. We're setting up the signing. Well, wait, I had to get you guys out of bed. I'm calling and say, we got to get over to the rink and get the signing That it. was Chris. I was down having breakfast in the buffet or or having a plate of breakfast in front of me, not actually eating it. <laughs> so we get down there and we're setting up and uh Chris and I are making trips to the bathroom, like just constantly shift work. I'll stay, you go to the bathroom, I'll come back. You you know, and uh and finally we get the word. And I'm so nervous cuz I know signings take a lot as as we've just been explaining. Mentally, physically, you got to be active. Then we hear uh okay pats here and I think awesome now we can start and my stomach flips and I run to the bathroom take care of business <laughs> I come back and I'm just I'm 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 ready to go I'm like okay clear enough headed that I can do it I'm foggy but I'm managing um and we're trying to move the things around keep in mind this is also Patrick Kane after winning the Stanley Cup I don't think he felt that great either I you know he he would have been partying. he made
1: he he answered the bell he answered the bell you guys just barely answered a little tinkle bell, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: so we're, 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 uh, moving product through as best as we can a lot slower than we probably could have. Uh, I remember the most iconic moment of that signing, which was maybe the longest hour of my life. I mean, it was just, it was miserable. I was miserable at you. <laughs> was, was, uh, we're sitting there I'm uh, uh I'm I'm kind of like prepping some pens and getting some stuff ready and Chris is standing across the table from Patrick Kane who's sitting down and and signing and Chris is moving the photos as Patrick is signing them and eventually he just stands up straight and my brother's gag reflex is atrocious and he literally goes Hoop! Like that, and Patrick looks up at him. Like, is he is he going to vomit on me? He's standing right across the table from me. (laughs) Thankfully, he didn't do that. Uh, But I think it was at that moment that you really clued into what was going on, and uh, we never lived that one down. So
1: I was so livid. I said, "You guys, I you go." My philosophy about business, even when I was in the bar business, was if if you're legitimately sick, you take the day off. If it's self induced, you. Answer the bell, and you do your job no matter what. Well, to be fair, and you guys did we it. We did.
0: We got but, through it.
1: Oh, I was just—I was thinking—if you ever throw up on the, <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. Anyways, that was the worst signing I think we've ever done. Uh-huh. But we got through it. We got it through was it great. We got through it and uh, had a lot of. Uh, and lot now of great Mikey, whenever he goes all. to Gibson, says, "Make the martini. I'll pay for the whole martini." but I want two and a half ounces. Literally
0: that changed my life. Every time I order a martini, I say, I say, I don't want the full thing. I'll pay whatever it is. Yeah. Just give it two, (laughs) two and a half ounces. So I know what I'm getting myself. Not that we ever
1: drink that much. No, no, of course not.
0: Why would we? Um, Wow. uh, A great story to cap off with uh, at my expense. I'll take it. I'll own it. I'll live in it. uh, But also some great stories from your end uh, meeting Sydney at, at, at 15, giving him some advice that he kept for the rest of his life. uh, uh, You know, not expecting him necessarily to absorb it because he's got other things on his mind. we got lots
1: of great stories. You know, it's a good, um, from an inside point of view, signings that we used to do with Wayne Gretzky, signings with Mike Brown. We talked about that a little bit. But there's specific signings that, you know, I'll give some thought to. Because there's a lot of those kind of stories, good ones, bad ones, et cetera.
0: And indifferent. Uh Great. So thanks again for sharing all those stories and thank you out there for listening. I want to give, uh, 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 you know, since we've been talking a lot about collectibles, a lot of you have been sending us your uh, favorite collections, pieces in your collecting, uh, uh, your collection's pieces of memorabilia that remind you of specific events, stories and photos from those events. Continue to do that. Sign off pod at framework.com. We will be having more episodes focused specifically on the collectibles and the collectors. And I want to make sure that we, uh, that we can showcase some of your products. And we'll do that and we'll, we'll address yeah, we'll, uh, your emails we'll on, show on air.
1: What you've done, the, maybe if we know the history behind the piece that you've got, especially if it came from our source, uh, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll let you know what we think about it and
0: the and the last thing I'll say this is a call to action that I'm putting out there to anyone who's listening or watching on YouTube uh, reviews ratings and reviews on iTunes help us out a ton or whichever app you listen on uh, we've had a couple weeks in the top 10 hockey podcasts in North America and we noticed that that is because we're getting a lot of new subscribers and even when the new subscribers give us a rating or review that goes a long way if you're listening to this and you are subscribed and you've ever gotten anything out of this podcast please take the time to go to iTunes or your platform of choice. Give us a rating and a review. It goes a long way. Uh, and listen, you can say you got into the ground floor when
1: we uh, when we break and through the strategy. you never know what we might give away for the, one of those reviews. Ooh, maybe. Maybe we'll start, there's, start, there's start something. taking some Let's talk reviews. about the marketing. I'll be back here full-time starting next week because I've taken a lot of time off over the summer. As I'm old and I need a break, <laughs> uh, but I'll be back full time, and we'll be thinking about some great ideas for the podcast and marketing. So, um, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, guys. Uh, once again, Brian Aaronworth, president of Frameworth
0: Sports Marketing. I am Mike Aaronworth, host of the Sign Off Podcast, and this is us signing off. Great. I love
1: that.
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we made it to the end of yet another episode. Thanks again so much for joining us. You can find videos of all of our episodes on YouTube by searching The Sign-Off Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Frameworth Sport, or Instagram, at Frameworth Sports. And hey, if you're not sick of me yet, you can find me on Twitter over at, at @retrograde_mikey, or you can always find me embarrassing myself over on Instagram, at Aaronworth. The Sign-Off is a proud product of Fadoo Productions and Sad Styles Productions, Executive Producers, Mikey Aaronworth, and Andrew Bascom. Until next week, this is my- Mikey Aaronworth signing
1: off. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get
0: into it.